Thank you for listening to We Have Ways of Making You Talk. Sign up to our Patreon to receive bonus content, live streams and our weekly newsletter with money off books and museum visits as well. Plus early access to all live show tickets. That's patreon.com slash we have ways. Uvaha, uvaha, which is, of course, Ukrainian for Achtung, Achtung. Uh, welcome to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, Al Murray, and James Holland. And today, given the global crisis we find ourselves in, um, we thought there was no other place to start. Morning, James. How are you? Yeah, well, right. What, what an incredible few days it's been, hasn't it? I know. I, mean, I quite... don't know about you, but I've been um, just absolutely agog by what, what's happening. Yes. Uh, and... And, and it's been it's been fascinating looking at the differences, but also the parallels and the, and the patterns of human behaviour and all the rest of it. One of the differences, and because I, I think dwelling on the differences is important, one of the big I differences agree. is the sheer amount of, you know, what appears to be information coming from what appears to be the battlefield. Um, yep. You know, um, we, live in, we live in an age, after all, command and control is a central part of, of how you run an offensive like this, isn't it? That you yep. need to know where your guys are and what they're doing. But when it looks like the entire world knows where your guys are and what they're doing as well, how you run an offensive, and, and obviously there's all sorts of questions as to what actually they're trying to achieve and, uh, and all that sort of stuff. You know, and and obviously it's very early days, so I'm sort of low. I'm not going to, what I'm not going to do is say, oh, it's clear who's winning or who's losing. But what's really amazing is the, sh- you know, when you look at, when you, let's, if you compare this to, say, the invasion of France in May 1940, you know, we're reliant on what? Two hours of footage um, that then gets chopped down in footage banks to pans, you know, inevitably the wrong tank rub- rumbling across your screen and a Stuka going, dub. And a hurricane firing. And, a, and the hurricanes flashing <laughs> canvas machine gun covers. <laughs> yes. And, and yet the shit, I'm, and, and, you know, of course, what's also been happening is there's been loads of stuff that's from other, that's just other, other battles, other encounters. There's been, you know, there's been, there's obviously propaganda going on. There's obviously sort of, you know, the, the funny stuff of the tank being towed away and the, the, the bloke saying By to the Russians, tractor, yeah. yeah, exactly. I'll give you a tow back to, you run out of fuel over, I'll take you back to Russia then. You've got all that. And, uh, and that's the thing I'm, you know, the, the when people talk about the Vietnam War being the first televised war, you know, I remember Martin Bell, his reports would take six weeks to get from Vietnam back to the BBC. Amazing. Once they've been packaged up, shipped yeah. out, past editorial, all that sort of stuff, yeah. developed, all that yes, sort of course, stuff. Yes, of course, because it's old old cine film, isn't it? Yeah, exactly. And uh, and then, you know, the Gulf War, I, uh, the first Gulf War, I lived in a flat when I first moved to London and we had between us, we had three televisions. So we stacked them all on top because you could, because they weren't flat screens, stacked them in a tower in yeah. the, in our living room and had them on the different channels and ITV switched over to CNN, which is like the most extraordinary thing. But now it's on the smartphone. It's on TikTok. It's on TikTok. There's quite clearly, you know, I mean, cause I'm not on TikTok, so I'm not aware of quite how much there is on TikTok and also how much, you know, because I'm not, as far as I understand it, I'm not experiencing the Russian Russian propaganda end of this uh, of this offence. So I'm not seeing the Russian view at all. I'm seeing what seems to be Ukrainian Western view at the moment. But th- th- that's the thing. More than anything else, I'm struck by a pi- seemingly I'm watching this thing play out in real time on my telephone for all the similarities, and there are and there are loads. Um, uh, of similarities with the thing we keep talking about. Yeah. Um, uh, there are also, that's a really striking difference. And uh, and I wonder how that's playing into how this war is being perceived. And, you know, and and who's winning the, as far as I could tell from my end, who's winning the sort of the information war? Um, I, I mean, I don't know, because after all, we're only four days into this. And yes, we are, but 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 you know, obviously, back in the Second World War, there was still a huge amount of sort of 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 PR and propaganda going out about operations and, and in real time. 
um, just not visual. You know, they're, they're they're stated, but I mean, you know, that in a in a certain extent, that's no different from someone putting out a tweet, a no. statement from from yeah. kind of you know the Foreign Office or from Kremlin or whatever it might be. Yeah, I mean, I suppose the the things that that, that are really striking me is 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 seeing civilians sort of preparing Molotov cocktails, people signing up and drawing. I mean, you know, it, it the, the, you know if you are looking about comparisons, you think about about the defence of Lubny, just yeah. as the the pocket around Kiev is going to is closing in on the 13th of September. Um, uh, first Panzer, von Kleist's first Panzer group in this huge pincer operation, this Guderian second Panzer group coming from the north, von Kleist coming from the south. And they, they hit they hit this town of Lubny, which is sort of roughly halfway between Kiev and Dnipro, but kind of sort yeah. of 20 miles from, from the Dnipro River. And there you had... Panzers coming into the t- into the town and civilians, a lot of them women, um, taking pot shots from yeah. from roofs and from cellars, yeah. jumping out and hurling Molotov cocktails. You know, so the civilian population fighting with kind of sort of fanatical will against this sort of avalanche that's coming towards you. And and you know, you it's it's hard not to draw those those sort of conclusions. And of course, yeah. you know what what you're also seeing is you're seeing that sort of desperation of 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 separation you know sort of heartbreaking scenes of soldiers yeah. kissing their their wives yeah. and children goodbye and putting them on trains and saying farewell to them and all the rest of it i mean there was yeah. an incredibly powerful photograph in the in the times this morning of a of a of a ukrainian soldier kissing his his wife goodbye and, and yeah. you know it's it's sort of it's like on the last train out of paris isn't it i mean yeah. it's sort of you know you can't help but but think of those things and 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 you know and and it's so sort of it's so it's it's so visceral and visual and immediate and now and you sort of thinking crikey you know i thought we got past all this this is why we're talking about this sort of stuff um because it was so unprecedented and so extraordinary and so should never happen again and And, and and gone and gone and gone and yet here we are and you know and you look at You know the foot that footage that um, someone sent me yesterday of that column of, of Russian armored vehicles that's completely destroyed yeah. and smoldering and, and looking like something out of kind of you know post Operation Cobra or the Falles Gap or something. Yeah, 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 yeah. Well, or the Basra Road. It's the it, or the know. Basra Road. Yes, indeed. Yeah. That I as mean well. the the thing. I mean, the, I mean also. I mean, I, I think one of the things that's striking is I was really reminded of the. You know, uh, uh, by the Molotov cocktail footage, and of course, again, that that's they've made sure we've seen that too. I mean, it's, we've got to remember this that there's this. Yep. You know, um, I was I I was minded of the siege of Leningrad by that, and mm. if you're a Russian and you get to see that, you've been brought up on the siege of Leningrad as as part of your, you know, mythic national um, foundation myth history. Because after all, you know. The, the 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 historiography of the Second World War in the Soviet Union, and of course it's not the Soviet Union anymore, but this is you've got to remember this, is in the 70s, the Soviet governments pivoted historiographically to the Great Patriotic War as the justification for the continuation of the Soviet state, because yeah. they knew they couldn't deliver, you know, the communist paradise on earth that they that they'd promised. But what they had done is defeated Nazism. So that's yeah. why. So it was all for that. It was all worthwhile. Yeah. It was ju- justification for the existence of the thing, you know, r- right? R- and that's very much the sort of Brezhnev angle, Brezhnev yes. era angle that put the Second World War very much at the centre of things. And so, you know, Putin's riffing on some of, definitely riffing on a lot of that. But 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 if you if you're Russian and you see people preparing Molotov cocktails to defend themselves against columns of tanks you might think hang on a minute we're the toler- you know we're the columns of tanks are, are we the bad guys and, and and obviously we don't know we aren't experiencing the russian end uh, of you know uh, of media um coverage of this war um, but but we also live in the age of the smartphone and you know apparently the R- russian soldiers have had their phones taken off them um uh t- t- so that they don't send embarrassing videos home or whatever. I mean, I'm, although even then, I, even that, I don't know if that's true. You know, it's what I've heard. This is, I mean, the other thing is the fog. The, the, the other thing that's really striking, the similarity is the fog of war that, that's around yeah. all of this. I, I mean, I, I you know, I, I'm not, 
I'm not here. I have to say, I'm not enjoying this one bit. I think it's absolutely, it's horrendous to see. It's horrendous. It? It's absolutely horrendous. And, and you know, you feel about Zelensky and, and you know, he, he is doing that kind of sort of Churchillian yeah. uniting people thing, you know. Yeah. And, 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 you know, I was talking to Peter Caddick Adams and, and, you know, and Peter said, you know, Zelensky's proving um, as powerful a force of, of uniting nation the free world behind him as Churchill yeah. was in 1940 and actually I don't think that's a particularly overblown thing I think I think you know the kind of I don't want to ride I want ammo and you know doing all those videos and stuff and you know it, it is one of the things that I think has been so so striking was on Friday not Friday I was sort of thinking gosh you know the problem is is do, does anyone really care in the UK yeah. does anyone care yeah. in Europe you know yeah. it's a long you know far away yeah. people of people we don't know very yeah, much yeah, about yeah. and you know blah yep. blah blah all that yeah uh, um but actually I think Zelensky more than anyone has been or anything has been responsible for making people stand up and go do you know what actually yeah we should take note of this. We should care. This is serious. This is yeah. important. And, and you know, the demonstrations around, around, um, around Europe, particularly, uh, yeah. uh, and also in the USA this weekend, have been just in- incredible, yeah. Uh, yeah. and I think incredibly um, uplifting. And there is suddenly this sense of yikes we have been sleepwalking to kind of coin another kind of outdated phrase but but you yeah. know i think we have a bit you know we've let our defense spending go down and all the rest of it and you know people have been talking about for years i mean crikey i've been saying for years and years and years we need to watch the east we need to watch russia you know we get rid of our tanks at our peril all this kind of stuff and you know now that i'm not i don't take no satisfaction of, of saying told you so at all but well but, i mean but here well, we are but but the I response mean, is very is, is dramatic and marked isn't it well well it, uh, yes and i think i mean you know, I think one of the things to bear in mind is is when people talk about a, a, appeasement, um, uh, you know, and of course it's highly contentious. And we were talking about a movie only the other day about you know uh, Robert Harris's film Munich about about yeah. appeasement about Chamberlain. Is is appeasement doesn't exist in this sort of in the vacuum it's presented as existing no. in an awful lot of people one of the reasons p- p- appeasement was politically palatable is because an awful lot of people were prepared to accommodate nazi germany in what it wanted to do prepared to turn a blind eye to the nazi government an awful yes. lot of people thought at last a vigorous tough guy who's who's you know i may not like the way he's doing stuff but he's restoring a country to greatness which has been an awful lot of the sort of um uh, 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 you know, Kremlin lines of argument that have done the rounds in British newspapers. Yes, British opinion, and there the was last... still kind of a hint of that this morning on the radio. I was listening; yeah. someone was sort of basically implying. I think uh, I can't remember one of the journalists who was saying that you know, in actual fact, you know, NATO increasing has you know we have sort of slightly brought this on ourselves. And I'm sort of thinking, no, we haven't. That's absolutely nonsense. Well, well, well no. And if Ukraine were in NATO, this wouldn't have happened. Um, it's the it's the no, and also, and also the thing is, you know, what one has to remember about Russia is that Russia has has this enormous potential. It could be a fully functioning, um, rich, industrialized manufacturing nation because it's got all the resources and space and and manpower you could possibly want. And yet, for the first time since I think 1946, the average life expectancy of a of a Russian man is below 60, and yeah. that is entirely down to the kind of mismanagement. Yeah. systemic yeah. corruption yeah. Of, of Putin and his and his acolytes. I mean, no, but I think, but but, but I think, to, you know, I think what's inter- what's interesting is that obviously a lot of our response, you know, that a lot of our response to, to Russia has been coloured in a similar way. Yes, way I would agree with that. A, a, appeasement that. was able was able to exist as a policy. You know, yeah. if it had just been Chamberlain who, who wanted to accommodate Germany to, to, for fear of avoiding a war, he wouldn't have had the party support he had. You know, yeah. it was it wasn't the Conservative Party, and in fact, the British political establishment was was you know also that thing of we don't we want to get involved far away country of which we know nothing, which is an incre- which is fascinating given the exist you know the British Empire yes. thinking that Czechoslovakia is a long way away, yes. given g- g- given its global given that we got troops at that point in the northwest frontier, yeah. is 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 you know is is the most t- terrific political bullshit, and you know we we have been. We, as a country, we've been far east of Suez for a long, you know, since yeah, yeah. the since the Blair government. So, so to to to, I mean, to not be able to think beyond those terms. But I, I think it's um, 
you know, I mean, I think, uh, uh, and again, loath to draw any parallels, but basically, if you've got an ethno ethno nationalist in charge who's prone to saber rattling, you probably it's probably best to take what he says at face value. Is the well, the other thing I'd say, say that that seems very very clear from him for, from what's happened is is you know also the propaganda and, and propaganda and and how you portray your military and your 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 military from afar when you're doing parades or you're doing you're releasing footage of of you know thermobaric weapons or or whatever it might be you think crikey you know they look they look amazing you know that looks incredible you'll see a sort of victory parade through red square or whatever and they're all marching yeah missiles yep. going down the road and all the rest of it you think crikey you wouldn't want to kind of take on them in exactly the same way you would you know people were thinking that about looking at nazi rallies or or whatever before the second world war and you know what, what i think is 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 clear from what's happened is that a lot of the russian troops that have been involved aren't much cop um yeah you know they've definitely got more weapons and more men and all the rest of it but actually if you think of the fact that 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 people have in Ukraine have had to be rotated out of the out of the um the Ukrainian front in the southeast. Yeah. You know, you've got something like four hundred thousand troops who've got combat experience, which is a hell of a lot more than the Russians have got. And as yeah. we all know that you know combat experience counts for a huge amount. Yeah. And, and you know, so some observations of watching the 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 Russian advance, which I thought was going to be more in um more decisive and, and quicker moving than than has proved the case. I mean I saw a whole load of footage of a whole load of choppers, um, um, Russian helicopters flying the other day. You know, they're all flying straight and level at about 400 foot, which is literally about the worst thing you can do if you're in a helicopter, which is not operating very fast. You know, you want to be yeah. kind of either kind of a lot higher or you want to be weaving and, and ground hugging. And much lower. Yeah. Um, uh, well, I mean... I mean, it's a, literally know. the perfect height for taking pot shots. Yeah, yeah. Uh, well, especially if you've, especially if you've. I mean, the, I mean, one of the one of the things I think is making itself clear is if you've got good man portable anti tank and anti aircraft weapons, you you can do you know you and you've and you're properly decentralized and probably using Ausfrag tactic. Um, if we're honest here, and um, probably you know, uh, probably using you know special forces from other countries. If well, we're or, or whatever. Honest. But 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 I thought I thought I mean you know. <clears throat> A poor old airborne forces, um, uh, you know, they've had a that that was that, yeah, that nothing's very changed. Much remi- <laughs> well, exactly, nothing's changed. Very much reminded do me of the, of the Hague, you know. Which is why, um, when you then got, then we then got a, an invite to go and jump out of a Dakota over Arnhem, we were looking, you know, on balance. <laughs> Maybe I think not. Too, I think we're too old, Jim. I think we're definitely too old. But but um. I, I, you know, again, I'm, I, you know, I, I, I think the important thing to remember is <clears throat> this is very early days. Neither of us, neither of us have a crystal ball, and I don't know that no, no, knowing, no, not knowing much about the Second World War really offers a crystal ball on this because because warfare has changed in one really really significant way, which is that with a civilian population that has smartphones, you can't at the moment. It looks like what you can't do is flatten con, for instance. Because no. things aren't going your way, you know, and and that. But seems the flip to be side a... of that is, you do have nuclear weapons, so you know. Yeah, well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean, exactly. there are, but there are things which I think are, are kind of c- consistent, um, and I think you, you know, it's there, but you know, that operational level that we've talked about yeah, an awful yeah. lot. I mean, clearly, the Russians have have their whole battle plan for for Kiev, for example, for Kiev rather, uh, and uh, for one example was based on basically just rolling in, you know, wait, you know, yeah. we'll, we'll, we'll go down the street, everyone will crumble, run away, you know, yeah. Kiev will be ours. And, and so what they don't have, is they don't have their echelon support, which is what you need to keep going. And you need to kind yeah. of sort of one lot goes forward, gets to a certain yeah. point, refuel the next one, then overtakes it. It's yeah. kind of, sort of that sort of leapfrogging process. And that hasn't happened. So they are running out of, of fuel and all the rest of it, which I think was, was just, absolutely fascinating to see and a yeah. reminder of of the the difficulties of moving around somewhere as vast as ukraine even when you're only coming from a, a you know a short hop and a skip from yeah. from belarus next door yeah right uh, um, and the second thing of course is actually is in, is incredibly difficult to capture a city just as it was in the second world war because yeah. you know particularly if you're operating in february which is winter and and particularly in that part of the world where it, you know winters are hard you can't just sort of veer off the road so you're you're canalized by those roads 
And, it, you know, it only requires, you know, the tank, the tanks are coming down in their column. And as we've seen, they've basically all been single file, whether yeah. they be armoured cars or whether they be tanks. Some, you know, some Johnny's there waiting with his anti-tank weapon, knocks the first one out. The second one tries to come round the corner, also gets knocked out. Suddenly your road's blocked and you can't actually get anywhere. And you can't you can't knock the people out because they're not in a column. They're just a you know a couple of a team with an anti tank you know yes, effectively appeared. Decentralized. De- you know. de- they know what they have so, to do. Right. They don't. They don't need to necessarily get on the radio and ask what do we do now. I mean all the all those things. Right. Um, and they're probably doing it on their phones anyway because you know comms has been so effectively decent decentralized by the by the smartphone revolution by the last twenty years. Yeah. Mobile phones and smartphones. And and also, if you're Ukrainian, it's it's obvious what you need to do. You haven't got to make any you haven't got to make any strategic or tactical decisions necessarily. You've just, you just got to defend. Just got to defend. Um, and we've, got to defend. we've talked- well, and that leads to the, leads to the other observation, which is which is about motivation. And yeah. I think morale and motivation are as valid now as they were in the Second World War. You know, an yeah. army that has no morale it is no army. And you know, we we've talked about that. We talked about that with with Jonathan Fennell and and looked at his book and. You know, we understand the importance of that, and you understand how those static divisions of Ost battalions crumbled at, um, at yeah. the first shout um, in Normandy, for example. Um, and it's sort of, you know, if you're Russian, you're thinking, what on earth is going on? Whereas if you're Ukraine, you've got every motivation to lay down your life. And, you know, yeah. yeah. somebody's prepared to die for their country and sees that, that, that putting their life on the line is a, is, is better to do than just throw you know throw yourself over to to the enemy. That makes you a very very tough proposition. Yeah. Um, and you know it's absolutely clear that the the Russians have kind of underestimated that. As you say, it's, it's that doesn't give us a crystal ball into what's going to happen in the next 24, no. 48, 72 hours and weeks and months. But no, because but but, but 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 you can still take what you've yeah. seen, and and that seems to be pretty pretty clearly the case. Yeah. So I think those lessons are are still valid. Right, we're going to take a very short break. We'll see you in a tick. I'm Anthony Scaramucci, former White House Director of Communications and Wall Street financier. And I'm Katty Kay, US Special Correspondent for BBC Studios. I've been covering American politics for almost three decades. Welcome to The Rest is Politics US, brought to you by Goalhanger. Go on, tell us, were those donations you made, like Obama in 2008, was that idealism? Were you hoping to get something out of these campaigns that would serve your own business interests, for example? So I think this will either make this podcast incredibly successful, Caddy, or people <laughs> will be horrified and they'll shut it off right now because I'm going to be very real with you. The Obama donation, I had gone to law school with President Obama. We were not classmates. I was a few years ahead of him. It was 2007. It was then Senator Obama. I had a check in my breast pocket. I went over to the senator. I said, Senator, I said, you and I didn't really know each other in law school, but I'm about to hand you a big check. Can I lie to my friends and tell them that you and I knew each other in law school? (laughs) Well, Obama looks at me, had the best smile in American politics since Jack Kennedy. Forever. Yeah. He lights up. He looks at me and says, I'll tell you what, if you double the amount of the check, we'll take it back to Hawaii, okay? And I looked at him. I said, you're done. I had another check in my pocket. I ripped it up. I doubled the amount of the check. And I'm going to tell you right now, I've been to more White House Christmas parties during the Obama administration than the Trump administration. In this pivotal year for the United States, democracy, and world affairs, Britain's biggest podcast, The Rest is Politics, is launching stateside. Uncovering secrets from inside the Biden and Trump inner circles and how they shape the world's most important economy, but also the global economy too. New episodes are released every Friday morning. Just search The Rest is Politics US wherever you get your podcasts. Welcome back to We Have Ways of Making You Talk with me, I'm Murray and James Holland, and uh, we've put our crystal ball down, ladies and gentlemen. Yeah. We're going um, back in time. Uh, we're going back in time um, to 1941, and the same place, different different disaster, I think is the um, uh, best way of putting it, isn't it, Jim? Yeah, I mean, I mean, you know, Hitler's obviously very keen to get, you know, once Barbarossa starts, he's very keen to get to Ukraine because of its its huge resources in, in minerals and and 
oil yep. and coal and um, um, uh, uh, but also Brain. because of it, it, it because I mean, it's the breadbasket of Europe it's actually yeah. you know for all those reasons and also yeah, he doesn't really care about about Kiev and and Kharkov as as they're called at that time yeah um, Stalin certainly does um, yeah and it's very interesting because I think there is some there is some sort of new thinking about this which which certainly chimes with my own kind of looking into all this which is that you know I do think increasingly by the time of the of the so but so basically what happens is on the 16th of of 16th of September 1941 Kiev as it then is Kiev now um is encircled and it, and it yeah. is the biggest single victory I think the world has ever known and well, certainly until 1945 yeah. when when all the german armies um surrender but it, it you know it is 700 and 787,000 Red Army troops are captured, of which yeah. I think most of those are from the Southwest Front. Yeah. Um, about 630,000, something like that. I mean, yeah. you know, just, just sort of truly, truly staggering numbers. Yeah. Uh, entirely avoidable. And the reason, um, uh, and, and at this point, this huge Southwestern Front. So basically, there's all these fronts. There's the, there's the Central Front, there's the Bryansk Front. Yeah, there is a, which is um, there is the south, southern front and the southwestern front, and it's the southern southwestern front primarily that gets completely mashed yep. by uh, by this this giant encirclement, um, and and it is this huge victory. But it's saying it's a pyrrhic victory is not is not quite right. It, it, it's a it's a it's an absolute catastrophe for the Red Army, and it is avoidable because basically the reason it happens is is the the Dnieper River. Runs kind of south eastwards from Kiev down yeah. through the Ukraine, yeah. And the southwest front wants to move behind that and does move behind that, but but wants to then straighten up that front so that it's not at an angle, not at a sort yeah. of you know a diagonal front from, so it does from Kiev. End up with a, basically with a salient, yeah. And, and so Zukov, who in you know, end of July is the chief of staff of Stavka. And the Stavka is the Soviet high command, which is all the kind of, you know, the most senior military people, but obviously Stalin is the kind of, you yeah. know, ultimate chief and arbitrator. Yeah. Um, he is, uh, Zukov at that point is the, is the chief of staff. And he says, I really think we need to pull back out of Kiev. Yeah. And and Stalin absolutely flips his lid and sacks him from being chief of staff and sends him off to be commanding of the, the reserve front instead. Yeah. And won't listen. And repeatedly, um, other other commanders tentatively suggest to Stalin that that you know, comrade, you might want to think about moving out of you know pulling back from from Kiev. And and yeah. repeatedly, Stalin refuses to because for him, Kiev is the jewel, and you know it's yeah. this beautiful city, and it's the heart of the Ukraine, which is the breadbasket, blah 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 blah. It's industrial base. And even, he won't do it, it even though, um, you know, uh, Stalin has hardly smiled on Ukraine. Um, uh, exactly. You know, I mean, it's extraordinary for between three to seven million deaths. Yeah, extraordinarily. Uh, uh, you know, I mean, ambivalent isn't really the word. Um, relationship with 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 Ukraine, but but what he wants, but but it's you know, he's he's also a symbolic. He understands the symbolism of losing a major city, doesn't he? Yes, and, he does. Uh, and or, or rather, is operating in those terms. I mean, in fact, what he's doing, he's making the mistake of getting hung up on. Place names rather than rather than actually the best way to defend my keep my army in things is yep. to not get hung up on cities and all that sort of stuff. But but the you know so basically he's he's suddenly lost three you know three quarters of a million men plus that he could That's have had amazing, for defending it, Moscow, which is just a huge number. Yeah. But but I think it is important to understand that that that, that the loss of seven hundred fifty thousand men is catastrophic to the Red Army, but but it is. You know, total unconscionable. Those sort of numbers would the, the number. You know, a, a, the loss of a Soviet soldier is not the same as the loss of a German soldier to the Germans. They have a complete in, in terms of, of proportion, yeah, in terms yeah. of proportion, but also in yeah. terms of the investment in that soldier, yeah. Yeah. Um, in training, in general, kind of overview of how you value that person and all the rest of it. Um, and that sounds an awful thing to say, but but it is what? it is how how it is viewed Jim. at the time. Jim, uh, what do the Germans? What does it cost the Germans to take these seven hundred thousand? Well, because well, it's the this fifth. Is, this is the so key thing. So it's fifth, thirty seventh, twenty sixth, twenty first, thirty eighth armies. 
So 43 divisions yeah. are encircled yeah. and, and annihilated, essentially. And, and we've, Yeah, some you know, 15,000 escape. That, that's all. Right. And we've talked about this as well. If you go into the bag as a, as a Russian soldier, if you're a German a prisoner of war of the Germans, you know, that, that just means you're going to die later rather than well, be killed yeah, in battle. Yes. Yeah. I mean, the, 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 the point is, is that, and, and the point is, at this time, you, you know, that, that victory seems so huge and so overwhelming. But there is yeah. this argument that, that the kind of the Germans are sort of winning themselves to death. Yeah. You know, you, it's no good winning battles if in the process you're actually destroying yourself, which yeah. is what the Germans are doing. They have absolutely yeah. by this stage gone beyond their culmination point. And, and just yeah. to remind people who are not familiar with this term, that basically means you've reached a point where you can no longer operate at the way you want to operate and the style you want to operate because your lines of supply are just too great. It's, yeah. it's, uh, it, you've advanced to an unsustainable level and you need to pause, everyone catch up, sort out all your... All your well, and move, you know, and move, and move, move your, your center of gravity. You move, move your essentially move your culmination point forward again. You know that that right. You know, and, and they can't do that. And and the huge victory at Kiev, and following on the Battle of Smolensk, which has only just finished on finally on the on the on yeah. the eighth of September, nineteen forty one, and which has yeah. begun on the tenth of July. So very, you know, only sort of three weeks after after the start of Operation Barbarossa in the third week of June. Yeah. Smolensk obviously is in, in Belarus. It's north of um it's north of Ukraine. And this was has also been an absolutely massive battle and, and the biggest victory for the Germans before yeah. Kiev. Yeah. But it has come at a massive cost. Um and the cost is this degradation of the of the key units, the, the spearhead. Yeah. Unlike you know Guderian's forces Outside Dunkirk, and you know when they reached the Atlantic coast, who we were in very good nick, but then told to pause and you know and let everyone catch up when they need to have done. At this point, they're being urged to go forward and go forward and go forward when they absolutely desperately need to well, kind of. Well, hold on, pause. Jim. So, so hang on. So hang on a second. That leads me to ask a question. Yeah. The May, the Holt order, right? Yeah. Is yeah. this is this the German army going? We can't do that again. Is this them having learned from their mistake with the well, Dunkirk halt order? Well, possibly, yeah. I, I, if I'm honest, I'd never, I'd never thought of that. But, but I think it's um, because you know what I mean. Because everyone, the Germans must know that the 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 cost of the halt order, which is that they didn't yeah. capture, they didn't actually capture the three hundred thousand, you know, however many they didn't, they didn't finish the BEF. Are we? Are so we you just, well, I think it, I think it's partly that, but I also think it's part of this 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 absolutely hardwired offensive approach, which is that you just got to you yeah, know for the and, most part you keep going and, and, and all that, yeah, all that. And I think I, I suppose that, uh, thinking about it, I think at the time of the halt order in in you know on on in the third week of May nineteen forty, these kind of mobile panzer tactics are still quite new. Whereas, you know, and everyone's sort of feeling their way and haven't quite got familiar with it and all the rest of it. You know, von Kleist is kind of, you know, urging Guderian to be a bit calmer. But now von Kleist is a kind of panzer group, one panzer group commander yeah. and Guderian is second panzer group. because so they're kind of, you know, absolutely on the same, the same yeah. peg. And yeah. they've done the Balkans and they've done Greece and they've done the Blitzkrieg and, you know, they, they've... They know what they're about, so I, I think it probably it's less that I think it's more that it's just hardwired to be offensive all the time, and they now yeah. know what they're about. But the point is, they still the, the, the German army of 1941 still has the same principle of the German army of 1940, which is that you have this very very sharp spear, tip of the yeah. spear, yeah. and in this incredibly long shaft, and that the long shaft of wood is is kind of made of you know infantry divisions which are not you know particularly brilliantly yeah. trained and their horse and cart and all that kind of stuff whereas it's your panzer groups that, that absolutely are the mechanized bit and they're the spearhead and the trouble is 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 necessarily by just by fighting you're going to sustain casualties yeah, yeah, yeah. And, and they do you know i mean by the 16th of july 18th panzer division for example has just 12 tanks left in an entire division part of those have been knocked out part of them are just kind of wear and tear and all the rest of it and the Battle of Smolensk has just sucked up so much of their frontline troops and their yeah. effort. It's taken yeah. a bit longer than they thought. Um, 
there's been counterattacks. I mean, one of the counterattacks is by Rokossovsky, you know, he makes a name yeah. for himself in the in the aftermath. Smolensk is captured by Kaderin on whatever it was, the 15th of July. Yeah. But then there is this series of that then then Rokossovsky's um, army then holds the the German advance between the 18th and the 23rd of July, and then they counterattack. And there is the uh, the, the the major central front counterattack by Timoshenko, which yeah. goes in, you know, until that that keeps going until the 8th of September. And all the time, German forces are in, are being engaged. And okay, yeah. the Red Army is losing considerably more casualties than they are, but it, but but they've got more to you know that they can afford to lose. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whereas the Germans, it's and and also the losses of the Germans. You know, by the 16th of um, by the 16th of September, which is you know the day of the the encirclement, the Germans have lost four hundred seventy-seven thousand men killed and uh, killed in action and wounded in action. Bloody which hell. doesn't include sick. Yeah, 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 of course. Of which sixteen thousand three hundred eighty-three are officers. I mean, that's a that's a huge amount, and that is your spearhead. That that's not your base troops. That's not your yeah. echelons. Not, yeah. That's not the kind of foot slogging third wave infantry division. That, that's nearly all of them are from your cream, and so actually, the 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 huge victories of Smolensk, subsequently of you know, um, two months later, you know, don't forget, Kiev is two months later. And if you look yeah, at yeah. a line, you know, Kiev is not much further forward than than, no. than Smolensk. No. It's, you know, in, in an extra two months, you know, they've, they're absolutely on their, on their feet. And, you know, I was sort of looking at this, this, this letter by General Hurter, who is the 43 Corps commander. And he yeah. writes to his wife and he says, you should see how tired and battle-weary our troops are. Three months of such unheard fighting and forced marches leave their mark on the men. And, you know, and, and you know, it's only at the end of August that Halder, Franz Halder, who is the chief of staff of the army, starts going, mm, maybe we should start thinking about some winter clothing. Yeah. But, you know, the logistics are already absolutely at breaking point because yeah. they've outrun their culmination point. <laughs> and. Yeah. So it's all very well going, gosh, you know, we need some warm clothes for the winter because this isn't going to be over anytime soon. Yeah. But to actually produce those and deliver those into the hands of the right people that need them in time is, a, you know, when your logistical chain is already absolutely stretched. Yeah. It's terrible. I mean, the interesting thing about, about Kiev itself, which falls on the 19th of September 1941, the Luftwaffe have been told to sort of obliterate it, and they haven't. They, they, yeah. They've hit a lot of targets, but but the, the historic centre of Kiev is 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 pretty much okay. And when the Red Army do leave, they leave loads and loads of sort of booby traps and yeah. explosions and and all the rest of it, which all start sort of going off. And I think there's there's over six hundred of them. Six hundred, I can't remember quite how many it is, but there's over six hundred yeah. of these explosive devices which are kind of unearthed. And there's two really big ones. There's, there's a massive explosion of, a, of an arsenal on a timer pencil um explosion on the 20th and then another one next door to the, the central post office on the 24th of september yeah. and you know what do the germans do let's round up partisans and jews yeah and of course well, gonna... the, the absolute direct result of that is that appalling murder of 33,771 Jews. Yeah. Although, although, I mean, which is just outside Kiev, of course. Although, you know, let, let's be honest, they're not looking for pretexts. They're going to do that anyway. They're going to do that anyway. But, 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 you know, those, those 33,771 are murdered in two days. Yeah. Yeah. Two days. Yeah. You know, and that's, that's not far from, from, from Kiev today. I mean, you know, yeah. and it's, you know, again, it's a there's no comparison, but but it's a chilling reminder of what can happen in wars, yeah. and and, yeah. and you know, gosh, it's hard not to kind of you know when you're thinking about Ukraine and you're thinking about what Putin might do if he's caught, you know cornered Tiger stuff and all the rest of it. Yeah, you, you know, all those sort of you know and they're talking about thermobaric weapons and blah blah blah, and even kind of you know tactical nuclear weapons. Yeah, you can sort of see that. Not you can see sort of. It's, it's all pretty terrifying. Yeah, 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 yeah. I mean, the, the, I mean, it is interesting, isn't it? Because in in a sense, in, in, in this campaign, Barbarossa is seen as a, a lot, lot. You know, because the, the, there's there's always that there's always that thing. Well, if, if only they hadn't gone, if they hadn't gone into the, if 
they, um, it, you know, if they hadn't been diverted into having to fight in Greece and um, and the Balkans, they, you know, Barbarossa goes up seven weeks late, and that's the thing that that's the thing that does for the Germans. But what you're saying here actually is that just the scale of it is what yeah. in the end does, and that Russia's like a bo- Russia's like a boxer soaking up all these punches. Um, and, and obviously, you, you know, maybe a country that wasn't run quite so, so uh, st- you know, ruthlessly by its government would have actually gone, all right, we, we quit. You know, uh, this yeah. is politically, these defeats are politically unsustainable. Whereas, in fact, the Russians, it's like they're like a boxer soaking up the punches and, and you know, biding their time and all that sort of thing. Although in yeah. a way, no one would have been able to predict. I mean, these because because you can see why the Germans think they're winning. I mean, for, for all those for yeah. all those casualty figures, for all those you know culmination point realities and operational realities, you can see why they're winning, especially in a in a in a um, society, you know a high command that's a high command that's having the time of its life because it's been given the war it wants by a government. A government actually, it's happy to tolerate, which is the which is which is the relationship with between the Nazi command between Hitler and the and his generals. Actually, yeah, you know they're all they're all having they're all having a whale of a time. These generals, they think it's fantastic, don't they? Is the truth, and and so Ness, so you're not they're not going to do the thing that that they ought to do, which is stop. <laughs> you know, because they think they maybe they think they've kicked the door in. Maybe they think. Moscow will fall, and the, and and again, it's the thing we've gone right right back to where we started. They have a mis a proper misapprehension of the Soviet Union, actually, because they think it's corrupt and and Jewish and and all those and all those things, don't they? And, and that they expect it to thank you, darling. That they expect it to fall in on itself. <laughs> cup of tea know. delivered. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's a cough. It's a lovely oh, cup of coffee. <laughs> yeah, I think that is true. I think that is true. I mean, what you do see, though, even even from kind of end of July after Smolensk has fallen and you know Guderian is just you, you can see that he's he's become completely he's got overinflated opinion of his genius there's absolutely yeah, no question yeah. about that and, and he yeah. starts to argue he's saying you know because he's been so, so after Smolensk the idea is that he's you know he's captured Smolensk which is obviously up in Belarus and his idea is that then you know what they then want him to do is you know because Hitler keeps changing his mind one minute they're going yeah. for Moscow yeah. then they're not yeah, going yeah. for Moscow and the whole point about the, the army group centre and that attack on, on Smolensk and the reason Smolensk is, is key because you've got this land bridge between these two um, these two rivers that are uh, yeah. just north and south are running east-west rather than north-south. And, and yeah. obviously getting over rivers is another one of these huge challenges in the Soviet Union because, you know, these rivers tend not to be small and they're, they're huge, huge yeah. um, blocks that you've got to somehow logistically overcome. So anyway, yeah. so the, 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 but, but also Smolensk is, is kind of due west of, of Moscow. So that's the whole effort. And everyone's been going for that. And then suddenly Hitler changes his mind. He goes, actually, no, we're going to go to Leningrad and we're, and we're going to besiege that and take Leningrad first before Moscow. And we're also going to capture all that, that those important resources in the Ukraine. So yeah. completely change tack. And of course, that has a logistic. Not only are you have been, been ground down and attrited just by virtue of the fact that yeah. you're, you're, in this huge gigantic battle the logistic train of of then having to move everyone south is is also incredibly difficult and the, and the key yeah. part that's going south is panzer group two which is Guderian. Yeah. and Guderian's going well if you want me to do this i need more troops but but von bock who is the army group center guy is going going well i'm your boss and you know we're still being engaged by the red army here and i i, I haven't got any to spare which he hasn't on yeah. paper yeah and so Guderian goes over his head and everyone's getting very, very tetchy and very cross about it um, for obvious reasons. But but as Guderian moves south, he's going across the flank of the Bryansk front. And, and and that's problematic because, of course, the Bryansk front has been told to sort of, you know, keep chiving away. Um, so he does. Um, you know, so, so the, the Bryansk front is being is attacking his flank and he's yeah. getting yet more hits. Yeah. So that by the time the kind of the, the encirclement of Kiev actually happens on the 16th of, of of September, two Panzer Group is in a pretty bad way. Yeah. And and what is really interesting is that when one looks at all the all the um 
sort of eyewitness accounts of, of the Eastern Front fighting. There's lots of letters and diaries and stuff which sort of go, cool, first time, I've noticed a bit of a chill in the air tonight, you know, yeah. 28th of August. Yeah, yeah. You know, cool, started raining, bloody hell, this rains something else, isn't it? 2nd yeah. of September. Yeah. Y- you know, so the writing's all on the wall and, and you start seeing lots of people sort of going, gosh, you know, I, you know, we've had these amazing victories, but but Soviet Union's so vast, isn't it? Mm. And and crikey, you know, are we really going to wrap this up by Christmas? But but, but, but but at that higher level, there is this complete disconnect from that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And well, then, no, that, it's fine. The, We're, we've got it within that, our grasp. But that's my po- that's my point. It is, yeah, because, I know. Yeah. And it's because you're it's because you're you're looking at a, a um you know a, a a a political and military system where bad news bad news has a real problem traveling, doesn't it? Yeah. So. There's absolutely no, you know. I mean, people say, you know, a, 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 a lie, a lie gets around the world before the truth get, gets its boots on. Yeah, you know, th- there's there's no opportunity for anything like that to get to the top in terms of. But then I think, I think that's probably the case. It's probably not that that's not unique to um, any system, uh, especially one committed to military action. You know, democracies find it very hard to accept bad news in. Military situations find it very hard to to democracy find it very hard to back out of wars. Full stop, don't they? We 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 yeah. we you know we were only in Afghanistan for twenty years. After all, it's very hard to back out of those yeah, decisions. No matter what you're getting from below, um uh, uh you know and 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 in this instance, you you know I mean Hitler's absolutely not interested in in a pause. He's absolutely not interested in a pause and possibly a negotiation, is he? He's, no. he's not going. He's not going to do that. And I think you you you'd have a tough time as a as von Bock or or whoever going to Hitler and going. You know what? That victory in Kiev was fantastic, but actually, what we have to do right now is stop. We need to stop. We need to solidify our lines. Winter's coming. We've gone past our culmination point. The Fuhrer at which point police says, what's a culmination point? I don't know what you're talking about. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. Or if he does, he says, sort it out anyway. You're showing a lack of will, which is the which is yes. a, big, a, a big big part of how he sees the world. You know? Yes, but I think it's also a big part of how, how those senior commanders, the Halders and the and the Box yeah. and the von Liebs and, and, and von Rundsteds, I mean, I think they also feel that kind of, you know, will, because we're Germans, because we're better, you know, yeah. because we're better organised, better trained, we've got better, you know, everything. And it is, and it does look like it's all about to fall in on itself. It does, and yet there are all those signs. You know, the, the yeah. closing down of the weather, the fact that the yeah. leading Panzer divisions are in such a parlous state by yeah. wear and tear because you know they've the Red Army are now using Kushkin yeah. rockets because they've got you know ill two Sturmoviks attacking and and. They've reduced the yeah. size of their organisations, and, and yeah. there's lots and lots of little indicators to suggest. And they've got, you know, KV ones and 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 T thirty fours and all the rest of it. Yeah. yeah, these bigger tanks, which shells are just bouncing off. There's lots and lots of signs which go. Actually, we shouldn't be kind of a complacent or b kind of too fooled by these enormous yeah. victories, massive yeah. though they are. You know, all the warning signs are. Yeah. are absolutely there. And I suppose this is the other lesson from what's going on at the moment is, is the point you're making, really, is that what what are the German commanders supposed to do? Because yeah. they're in now. The, yeah. You know, they've crossed that Rubicon. There's no turning back. And it's exactly the same for Putin. Putin can't, go, can't pull back out of Ukraine. Yeah. Not well, easily. Been, not not, well, not remaining power. Of, you know, what's his off-ramp? You know, what's his is, off-ramp? Is the, yeah. is the expression. That, yeah. I... I, I you know, after all, um, if it, it's not like um, Zelensky's got anything to, it, it, what do you negotiate? Well, you all need to leave. <laughs> that's the full that, stop. That, that's 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 his. That's the Ukrainian government's condition, surely. Um, uh, it, well, it I suppose he'd say, else. well, okay, you can have you know Donetsk and you know those southeastern bits. That's, that's yeah, the only. But yeah. we're not, not going do to do. Why you're not going to demilitarize after this, are you? No, you're not going. You know, blah blah, so, blah blah blah. I mean, although I think you know, what is day four, day five? I look. I think we're looking at five years of this. I, that's that's my one crystal ball prediction. For at least five years of this. Well, what, what I would say is, I think this is calamity. this is going on until till Putin's time at the helm is over, mm. uh, and, mm. and whether there is some internal kind of 
Well, I think if overthrow it, you know, or, or whether he just keeps going till he's eighty or whether he I actually has got the, puffy face and is dying, you know, who knows? I yeah. mean, I mean, it strikes me that the it, it, it strikes me that the um that the you know the nuclear threat is you only do that if it's going badly. You only threaten yeah. that if things are going badly, which means you know because there's a lot there's a lot of discussion. How, does Putin really know? What does Putin know? How in touch with stuff is he anyway? How isolated is he? You know. From 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 information and 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 you know as as we'd argue sort of reality, but he obviously knows he, he knows enough to make to, to make that threat. He knows it's going badly, but also you know, I I've always thought when it comes to the use of nuclear weapons, even a British prime minister, you might find that the the, the bloke he orders to to do a nuclear strike refuses. Um. Uh, so what do you do then? You you sack your chief of staff. You give someone else the job. He comes yeah. in or she comes in. They refuse, <laughs> you know, and it yeah. might be that all the way down the food chain to actually firing a missile, people would refuse. Wouldn't we? Don't know, do we? No. And or you know, refuse to the point of getting out a pistol and shooting him. You know, blah blah blah. And that that's the that's also when people go, oh no, crikey, uh, he's threatening using nukes. I mean that that that's as that's surely as terrifying. To his own outfit, as it is to anyone outside it, you, you, you know what I mean. Yeah, no, I, 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 I completely agree. And I want to, I, I want this, to give you this quote, and this is from this letter, and it's full of sort of very good, good, good wisdom in it. Yeah. And he writes, "A battle is not an end in itself. Its relative worth extends well beyond the numbers of men killed and captured. The strategic consequences of a battle and its capacity to meet the preconditions of victory are paramount." One can, after all, go on winning battles while losing the war. Yeah. Can't argue with that. Yeah. Yeah. There you go. On that note. And on that note. Well, um, uh, I think, uh, you know, I think we did pretty well not to gaze too deeply into any crystal balls. I think I think, I think we, we we'd be in danger of simply delivering balls. Um, thanks for listening today. <laughs> We're back on Thursday <laughs> with a fascinating episode about a lost Churchill painting, which has finally been brought back to Britain. Um, that was an amazing day at the. Yeah, it uh, really, really was, wasn't it? Churchill War Rooms. I keep. And we've got a bit of fun tomorrow as well, haven't we? We've got oh. to call them the Churchill War Rooms, not the Cabinet War Rooms. Cabinet yes, I, I keep yeah. expecting tomorrow to get cancelled for some reason. Um, yeah, uh, well, I do too slightly. But, uh, um, well, uh, well, we shall see. Yeah, um, so and you've got your your tours begun, hasn't it? We started a fantastic night in um, Middlesbrough on Thursday, and then Friday night Newcastle was was absolutely fantastic. It was nice to well, see. My, as you know, my friends went to it and they loved yeah. it. They thought it was absolutely brilliant. Oh god, it was ace! And Simon, loved it. regular regular friend of the show, Simon Red Five Models was there as well, which is nice to give um, uh, <laughs> to, to point him, him uh, and have him booed along with your friends as the freeloading <laughs> guests. It's good fun. Um, uh, so yes, yeah, so Thursday we're looking at this uh, with, with Philip Proud. We're looking at this uh, new. Well, it's not a new Churchill painting; it's an old Churchill painting. It's sort of got. It's sort of got. Strange. It's been view. lost. It's been lost. It's, been so lost it's, it's new to. It's new to, to to public view. That's the thing. Yeah. Um, uh, and we had a look at that. And then it's family stories on Sunday. Keep those coming, by the way. Um, tickets for Warfest are also on sale. We will see you all soon. Bye-bye for now. Cheerio. Cheerio.